Why, hello there. Welcome back to the Pure and Simple Bible Podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, and I'm grateful once again to have a Bible conversation for you to get the chance to listen and to consider the scriptures together. This week, I've got a good friend of mine named Brandon Young. Brandon is a member at the Valley Parkway Church of Christ, and he is a teacher there. So he, from time to time, will study the Bible publicly with us. And he brought a study a few weeks ago called Choosing Surrender Over Control. I really needed to hear it. I think that it will be very helpful for you as well. There's a lot to it. So we're going to break it up into two different episodes And I encourage you to listen carefully as we discuss this Bible discipline together. Let's jump into the conversation, shall we? Well, I am glad you're here. Happy to be here. Glad you're in studio with me. And the studio's a little bit tight these days, but hopefully it'll clear out whenever our, our construction project's done. Tell us, you know, I know who you are. We've been around each other for a number of years now. Sure. But people who are listening might not know who you are. So who are you? Who are you people? What do you do? You know, just give us an overview of your life. Yep. Yeah, my name is Brandon Young. Um, I'm married to Emily Callison, now young. Um, but some people are probably more familiar with the Callison name. Um, at Valley Parkway, she grew up going to the church. It was once in County, now Valley Parkway. I've been a member there uh, four or five years now. Right. Um, we met at Oklahoma state and then moved back down. We both grew up in Dallas. Um, so yeah, we've, have been there ever since we moved back, which would have been 2018 for me, I think, or maybe 2019. And then her shortly Mm -hmm. after. Um, and you guys got married the 2019? Yeah, 2019. So just celebrated four years this past October. It's flown by. Yeah. Um, COVID, some family stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a journey last several years, but um, thankful to do it with her. I'm in real estate, so it's a interesting time right now. It's been kind of a whirlwind, a hockey sure. stick um, for a couple years, and now um, coming back down, but it's uh, it's been good and been a blessing, so we're thankful for that. Yeah. Has anybody ever told you that you, you have a California vibe? I have heard that. Have you? I don't know if it's my <laughs> demeanor. I don't really um, you're get too chill. excited. Yeah, you're yeah. a chill guy. I think that's a great word to probably describe it. I don't get too excited. Uh-huh. Don't get too sad, which is good and bad. <laughs> right. I think uh, in the Callison family, they expect a lot more excitement, um, <laughs> like opening birthday gifts or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's okay. nice. But you know, if you open something, if it's one of them, it's, you know, the greatest gift they've ever received. So sure. Uh, have to sure. work on that, but it's, it's good. But you're a Dallas man through and through. Like you, you right. never were in California. You were here and then right. you went up to Oklahoma for college and then now you're back. Right. Yeah. So. Grew up here. Been in the same house my whole life with my parents, and then uh, went to Oklahoma. I was up there five years, came back down. But I love visiting California, but yeah. Texas at heart. It's it's uh, I don't know if ironic is the right word. It is very interesting that you went to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and met a girl from Dallas. Right. You know, and so that that was not going to be a uh, if you guys knew you were going to get married, but maybe she was from another state mm-hmm. or another city or whatever. It was really advantageous that you guys, right? Boom, ended up back here. Yeah, went to rival high schools. We're in the same building at the same time, but had no idea. Um, For such a time as this, the Lord, you know, brought you guys together. Absolutely. Well, uh, for those listening, uh, let's see. It was probably 
how many weeks ago? Let me look I at my notes. Three. Was it just two weeks ago, three weeks? Anyway, mm-hmm. I preached a morning, and then you preached the afternoon right. uh, worship services at, at Valley Parkway. I can't remember what I preached, <laughs> but I can remember what you preached, right? And it was a, a Bible study that uh, I really needed to hear. I'm, it seems like every phase of life I get in seems to get a bit more hectic, and I've always struggled with boundary control. I've, sure. I've wanted to, whether that be in relationships or whether that be taking on extra works, me as a, a preacher, um, I feel guilty saying no. Like, you know, I, I've been called to do this, therefore I ought to say yes all right. the time. And so I struggle with control. And um, I, did you write it on the board? Or did you just say no, it just, out loud? Yeah, I just kind of went into it. Okay, so you went into it and you said, today we're going to talk about choosing surrender over control. Yeah. As soon as you said the title, I was like, oh man, this is going to be uh, something that's going to cut me to the heart. And it definitely did. Um, I'm curious how the sermon kind of came about in your mind. You know, you're you're on the schedule from time to time, but how do you, how did what's the genesis of the, the content of this sermon? Sure. Yeah, I think, honestly, it was kind of a combination of a few things. I think my natural personality is very logical, control my emotions, control everything I'm involved in. And I think, you know, I'm not in your stage of marriage. We don't have kids yet, but I can see just the longer you're married, the older you get, the more responsibilities you have. And I think I was finding myself trying to control almost everything I had my hand in um, and then talking with a couple guys at work and just trying to control, you know, some maybe learning challenges that their kids have and just really wanting to kind of be in charge and control of of the narrative. And I think I just wanted to dig a little deeper um, into the word and really help find some peace of like, I need help with this. Right. What can I study and look at? And I think, you know, like I said in my lesson, I was really preaching to myself that day of, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's tough to surrender. You, I think our, our human instinct is to want to um, kind of be in control. And we live in a world now where, you know, you can kind of control people's perceptions of you on social mm-hmm. media. There's just so mm-hmm. many different kind of avenues you could go down. And so sure. I tried to, um, jump into that a little bit and and kind of put it all together. Well, you um, you kind of got us going with a uh, impromptu vacation to sure. the Northeast. Right. Share with us, you know, how that came to be and uh, how that taught you maybe to to let go of control a little bit. Right. Yeah. So we celebrate our four years going to uh, Vermont, um, and I think. I learned that maybe I should preach right after vacation every time. So, <laughs> this is Sunday after we landed uh, Saturday at like 2 a.m. And oh, man. kind of a quick turnaround. So, yeah, the, the timing was not something I was used to. But I think now I'm like, oh, maybe we should do that every time. But, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to share this story since it was fresh on my mind of um, the weather was supposed to be not ideal. It was supposed to be rainy. Um, the fall leaves start a lot earlier up there. It's the middle of November now, and right. things are just starting to change here. And up there, it's what they call stick season. Just the sticks. Right. right. And so it was kind of a last-minute vacation, but we really wanted to do this bucket list trip. And I remember before we were 
even taking off, even packed, I was like already stressed about what if it's raining the whole time? What if there's no color on the leaves? And kind of all these things are going through my head of like, that's not what the trip is about. We're supposed to be celebrating our anniversary and Mm -hmm. grounding ourselves um, and having great conversations, spending time in nature. And so it was just kind of an ironic example that I literally had just had these feelings and then was giving a lesson on it, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. days later. And so um, part of that was just kind of not letting these external factors um, dictate uh, my mindset going into something because it could be totally wrong. I think it's figuring out what's reality and what's kind of my own story that I'm creating in my head. Right. And so we get there. It doesn't rain once. I mean, it was a little cloudy. The trees were beautiful. Um, our connecting flights worked out perfectly. I mean, it was, you know, it's, and it was off season. It was. Right? So, so it was, it's not as packed as, right. Okay. That's, yeah, was, that's big for me. Not being amazing. around a you know gazillion people in like a touristy spot like that. Yeah. And I think coming from Texas, you know, their definition of peak colors. Like it, ah, gotcha. It seemed like we were still in the peak season, <laughs> but there was no one there. So it was, it was a special trip. Yeah. And I'm thankful that we got to do that. And so how does that kind of tie into the study? I know you've, you've kind of mentioned a few things already, but sure. as we're kind of priming the pump for uh, helping our listeners understand surrender over control, uh, tie it into the meat of this content. Sure. Yeah, so I think um, kind of the gist of it was, uh, you know, not sitting back and just letting life happen, but I think maybe, uh, you know, taking a step back and not being so worked up over something that really wasn't in my control and maybe wasn't even worth my concern, you know, letting something um, affect my mindset or excitement for this trip before it happened could impact the way I talk to others, could impact the way Mm. I'm walking in my daily life. And so I think kind of realizing that and catching it a lot earlier and just surrendering to, um, you know, whatever the outcome may be, we're blessed to even go on a vacation. So I think just kind of taking a step back, looking at the macro picture, not being so head down, Mm -hmm. trying to just Mm -hmm. control and lay out exactly how I want it. I think, you know, we've, we've seen life isn't, like that and and um so yeah i think that's kind of just sure you know our i i tend to probably be more of a uh armchair anthropologist of our culture than i probably ought to but our culture seems to be you know american culture western culture it's very um individual very victory oriented the idea of surrender Mm -hmm. um really is one of the ultimate shame pieces of our culture. I'm just trying to like Rolodex through all of our military conflicts, right? Like we don't, we don't lose, we have to win. And so surrender, uh, just to our, our almost cultural DNA seems like it's not a way we want to go. Sure. And yet, uh, one of the things that I wrote down whenever you were preaching it, you, you make the assertion that control causes us to lose closeness Mm -hmm. to God and I mean, that's just your, your assertion. I know sure. you're going to bring scriptures in, but what, what do you mean by that? You know, what do you mean by, uh, I'm going to get kind of be away from God, the more control I kind of get in my life. Sure. I think what I was trying to say there is kind of, um, putting our own self in the driver's seat, if you will. Um, it's, 
uh, like you said, it, it, we live in a world now where, you know, it's control your own destiny and, and blaze your own trail and kind of all these things of go after it and very independent. And I think when we're in control, we're placing, we're not keeping our dependence on God. We're mm. basically saying, um, you know, I can do this. My way is better. Right. And so I think just having the humility to um, realize that we really do need God in control. Mm -hmm. Us in control is an accident waiting to happen, I think. And, um, you know, we read in the scripture of God exalting the humble. And I think, um, you know, part of this is realizing that, you know, we need that closeness to God. And oh, I sure. think it, it's hard to find that when you're, busy controlling um, you know some other things that you're yeah. involved in marissa and i are reading a book right now called you are not your own mm -hmm. and i think that probably is why your sermon is speaking to me a lot as well as it's going along with the message of this book and the idea from first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 and 20 that you're not your own you've been bought with the price therefore glorify god with your body and this author and i think what the scriptures are uh, teaching as well, going along with what he's saying, going along with what you're saying, is that the Christian mindset, it, it simply cannot be, mm -hmm. I'm the Lord of my life. Right. Our, it has to be one of submission, one sure. of surrender. Otherwise, uh, we're falling for the same idolatry that the world is falling for, which is, I'll worship myself as Lord. And what we're trying to do is deflect some of that, humble ourselves, and uh, give God the glory as Lord of life. So that's kind of the, these things are all kind of swirling around my head right. as you're preaching, yeah. you know. So um, you have a quote. You share it multiple times. Mm -hmm. It's like the the mantra or the, <laughs> you know, you, you said it, I bet four or five times as far as when I'm, I'm writing it down. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you said you once heard someone say it. Mm -hmm. um, what did you hear? And what is, what is it trying to teach us? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I wanted to really highlight, it. I think that's why I shared it several times is, you know, it, it hit me square in the face, um, reading it. And so it, it goes, you don't always have the power to control, but you always have the ability to surrender. And I was like, wow, I need to read that, you know, every morning when I wake up, every time I'm. Mm -hmm. taking a break at work. I mean, you almost can't digest that enough. And I think, um, you know, it, it's really eye-opening and it, and it kind of lays it out kind of black and white. I really like kind of the black and white of, you know, you have a choice. Right. And that choice can be to try to control certain things and, and um, you know, do it your way or, you know, the choice of taking up your cross daily and, choosing to surrender, um, you know, that's a choice as well. And so I kind of felt in this um, was really laying it out black and white of you mm -hmm. always have this ability to do, um, um, to surrender. And I read something actually this week that I thought was really good. This is kind of outside of my notes, but it just had a diagram of things that were in my control, if you will, and things oh, that were nice. out of control. And so out of control, outside of the diagram that they had was God's timing, changing people, the future, others' actions, people's perception of me, 
when growth happens, outcomes, and then in the in my control, in the diagram of in my control, there is walking by faith, what I focus on, believing God's word, mm-hmm. rest, bold prayer, taking my thoughts captive, my actions, loving people, and sure there's many more things, but I thought that the contrast of those two things were um, really helpful. And in, in the things in those diagram, we really do have control over those right. things. And the things outside of the diagram are, um, you know, trusting God. And I think that the quote is uh, controlling or doing your best and let God do the rest, I think is kind of the <laughs> sure the um, quote you hear sometimes. But it there is some truth to that of, you know, striving to um, do the best you can in in your walk and understanding that you can control certain things. I was listening to, by the way, you need to send me that. I need that uh, in my life. You got it. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. It was secular. um, And it's a psychologist who was talking about similar things, part of being intentional about what you spend your time thinking on. Mm -hmm. And the connection here is, uh, a lot of times we spend time fretting over what isn't in our control in the first place. And we spend very little time reviewing and meditating on that, which is in our control. And the example that was given was these conversations that this person was having in their head Mm -hmm. with somebody else, like a, 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 a crucial conversation that either had happened and it didn't go the way they wanted, or it was coming up and they were just, and so they had the conversation in their head like 10 times before it actually happened. And then they thought that none, that's it, it wasn't even real. Right. And I was so anxious and frustrated and angry over things that didn't happen right. because it hadn't happened yet. So uh, even around us uh, in non-biblical sources, people are, are, are wrestling with that which is in my control, sure. that which is outside of my control. Right. And so... Yeah, this is, I think, speaking to the heart of mankind as much as sure. just to a Christian audience. Right. Yeah, I think our as humans, our, our human nature is to kind of create a story in our head. We don't really rest in, in mm-hmm. uh, what's reality and what's not. I think um, we were kind of talking about this last night, actually, in our, our book club study with some couples at the church of, you know, having a conversation with uh, your husband or your wife after you guys have maybe disagreed on something and kind of the gist of it was, do you immediately talk about it when emotions are high or waiting some time? And I think um, I kind of like the balance because the, you know, human nature, we try to create this story in a sense of you kind of play the assumption game Mm -hmm. and you're assuming maybe their thoughts were this and they did this because of that When in reality, that might not be the case, but you're just kind of spinning your wheels, controlling this narrative in your head right. that may or may not be right. true. And so I think it it the the quicker you can kind of separate those, mm-hmm. um, the better off it, it can be. Oh, yeah. Surrendering to the the fears of the unknown. Sure. Right? Now we're getting into to like some <laughs> therapy stuff. I'd, I'd love to go down that rabbit hole, but I want to ask you about these biblical examples that you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been talking about uh, surrender over control. We've been framing control from a Christian perspective as 
something that is going to kind of move you away from God mm-hmm. if you if you let it get the better of you. Sure. And so you're going to now give us some examples uh, from Scripture of people who chose surrender mm-hmm. and then kind of the, the fruits of that. So why don't you share the first one with us and sure. uh, give us an idea of what's going on in Luke 1. Yeah, so in Luke 1, uh, verse 26, essentially I wanted to share two stories um, of two individuals choosing surrender. I think in the first one, it's someone who doesn't know the outcome of what's to come. And in the second story that we'll get into is obviously someone who does know the outcome. So there's kind of two sure. contrasting points that I thought was interesting. But um, at this point, uh, the story of Mary, we see Mary, she's approached by an angel uh, to communicate the plan of giving birth to Jesus. And at this time, she was engaged to be married and she's a young girl, an ordinary girl. She's not from a wealthy family or, right. or destined to be uh, great by any means, but we can tell she was chosen by God. Mm-hmm. And so um, beginning in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, uh, it reads, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give give him to the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then continuing in verse 34, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mm. There's a lot of implications in that young woman, mm-hmm. uh, not yet married. Any culture, that's going to sure. be a challenge. Uh, tell us about some of the surrender components to this narrative. Yeah, I think two of those that you would just said are, are huge. I, I think in any culture, um, yeah, a, a woman who's pregnant, um, not married, maybe the age isn't that big of a deal at this time, but sure. um, very young. And so... I think, uh, yeah, it's a story where culturally, from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, well, this is this is very strange. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think the the surrender here is, of course, you know, Mary at first it says that she's troubled, which I can imagine. You know, you have someone coming up to you and telling you of this great plan and that um, chosen by God. And I, you know, at fourteen, fifteen years old, I'm certainly not thinking about something like this and playing sports and looking <laughs> right. forward to high school and right. college and things after. Right. And so, you know, I can see being flustered in that moment. And I think that's a, a true natural reaction to something like this, which I really uh, liked. And then it kind of continues on. And um, what I really liked towards the end of it was 
you know, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord, let it be. Mm -hmm. And I think she, her tone kind of changes and comes back around. Not that she was scared, but I think we see here in these passages, someone who understands that, you know, hey, there's something bigger going on here that's bigger than my life that, um, you know, she can surrender and submit to. And I think, you know, speaking for myself, anytime something flusters me, I'm like, I go straight into control. Right. And um, it was kind of a question that I asked myself, like, how can I have that same mindset of let it be, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if it's unto the Lord? Mm -hmm. You know, Mary didn't know the end of the, of how it was going to go. Sure. Right. Like it doesn't talk about, by the way, he's going to, you know, do all right. these things, then be crucified. And, right. become, you know, it's just that she's going to be uh, the mother of God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some some things in here uh, that it explains, whether it's in Luke or in the other Gospels, she gets some idea of it. But certainly she doesn't get the whole plan. Sure. And so to the point that you're just saying, when we tend to maybe fall back into a control mindset because we don't have the plan. Mm-hmm. Mary's teaching us that sometimes it is about faith in God right. and not about knowing every step of the way. Is that kind of what you're going after here? Yeah, exactly. I, I think I kind of tried to touch on that in, in some of my notes too. Of, yeah, she three decades later, she has no idea what's um, going to be happening. And I think we can certainly relate to that in our life of, even if we don't know something three days from now, what could happen Um, you know, it stresses us out. And so, um, yeah, I think that's really special that she can have that, that mindset and, and of surrendering to, um, having faith in God. And, you know, part of what I think I want in this study too, is just reminding myself of God's character and realizing what he wants for life and his compassion, his mercy, his Mm -hmm. grace. And I think, I found myself at times maybe forgetting those things Mm. um, Mm -hmm. when things weren't going my way or I felt like, you know, why, you know, why can't this just happen this way? And, and I think, um, you know, reminding myself of, of God's character and his timing may look different from ours. And and that's totally fine. I I think, um, you know, I had to look in the mirror for that as well. Right. Well, it, it makes me think of Second Peter three, uh, you know, to God a thousand years is a day, mm-hmm. and a day is a thousand years. So he's he, he's outside of the the reality of time or the mm-hmm. the constraints of time, and so when a divine edict is given, right, like the the concept of time is not what God's after, or uh, the the weight of time, you know, she's going to have to endure this for until she understands the plan. Sure, yeah, it's going to be thirty years. Or when things happen in our life, a, a loss of a loved one, right. a loss of a job, some, you know, just a maybe the ups and downs of a your a relationship where you're sure. just it seems like you can't get out from that that valley with someone that you care about. But uh, part of surrender, if I can pirate your your note part of surrender is uh 
that you're not doing it because you know the time in the surrender, sure. but just it's in the action right. of, I would rather give up this control than try to cling to it desperately. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, yeah, pretty much nailed it is, you know, what matters is the surrender, not necessarily the time. Um, it's like you said, that action of, of surrendering. And I think, you know, it, what I had in there is we too can be a servant of the Lord. I mean, we have mm-hmm. in the scripture, I, I love that it kind of ends with that. And, um, you know, that should be our goal, obviously. Sure. Every day. Now you pause before you go into the, the next surrender example, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a surrender example of somebody who didn't kind of know right. what's going to come. And then next you'll, you'll share an example of somebody who does know what's coming. Mm-hmm. But, but you ask a really important question about, um, uh, control kind of in between them and i've got i've got a star next Mm -hmm. to it in my notes right so that means it just really kind of uh hit me so i'd like to ask the question maybe on behalf of the audience's sake and give you the chance to to answer it and share the scripture as well um what is at the heart of our controller what's what's it control rooted in Mm -hmm. and i think this is a good place to pause and and maybe think about uh when I when I'm desperate to regain control and it's been taken from me, what's at the heart of 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 this desire? Um, so, take it away. Give us an idea of of uh, you know why you did that in this part of the study and, and what scriptures you use to to make the point. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know it was uh, in between the stories. It was kind of thought provoking. I think of um, you know talking about one example kind of leading into the next. And I I think, you know, I don't have the exact answer, but I was sharing in my notes, I think potentially, you know, our desire um, to control is potentially rooted in a lack of faith. I think if we're so busy and have this strong desire to control something in our life or control someone's image of us or fill in the blank, I think it can come across as, you know, I don't have faith in that God can provide, or I, I don't have faith that, um, you know, something better is on the horizon. And I think um, that was kind of my point in it, that sure. if we're uh, really true to ourselves and focus on looking in the mirror and not kind of looking out the side of the windows, which I think we kind of live in a culture that, Mm-hmm. we're busy looking at things are passing by or what others are doing and not necessarily looking, you know, straight in the mirror. Um, you know, it, it can really, it can alter our faith. And when you go through something that's, that's really difficult and you lose a loved one, I think it can kind of go one or two ways, you know, it, it, it can really affect your faith or it can build you up. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, that's kind of where that came from. And, uh, you know, I was reading or a verse that reminded me of was Matthew ten thirty nine. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, just not clinging to this life. We're trying to, um, exactly, you know, control and realizing that, you know, our goal is heaven. It's yeah. not the million dollar house or whatever car it may be. Sure. Um, you know, it's a life with God. So that verse to me is probably one of the most culturally indict indictment 
oriented verses in our in the Bible mm. because of the the narrative of you got to find yourself. I'm going to take mm-hmm. time off to go find myself, mm-hmm. or I'm going to you know take a, this vacation to find myself, or I got, I'm going to get out of this relationship so I can find myself. And here's Jesus just warning: if you find if you're if that's your ambition is to find mm-hmm. self, you'll end up losing your life. Right. But if you give up or surrender for my sake, you'll end up finding right. self. And there's so many scriptures. Maybe we're let me look make sure I don't spoil uh, some of the things that you say. There's scriptures all through the New Testament and the Old Testament mm-hmm. as well, where our identity is Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. And if we could simply do that, you know, like Paul in Galatians 2, mm-hmm. he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Like, the, And I know it's the Apostle Paul, right? He's filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. But if we're likewise living by the Spirit and living the way Paul would live, then my hunger ought not be, I got to find out who I am. Right. My hunger ought to be, I got to find out who Jesus is. Right. And in finding out who Jesus is and what Jesus wants for me, suddenly there is that, the peace that comes from that surrender that I never found it as I was, I'm just so hungry in this desire for control and finding out who self is. Right. It's like a bottomless pit. You'll never, it'll never be enough. Right. And it goes back to your million dollar house, the yeah. car, like it's never enough. Right. The stuff just, it's stuff and stuff and stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we're, the sad part is that's what we're fed nowadays. Exactly. We're not, it, it's really hard to find, um, you know, information on people chasing after Jesus. And right. Run, it's, I think it's a lot easier to, you know, post a YouTube video and say, hey, here's five ideas to help you buy right. a million dollar house <laughs> next year. I think, you know, it, and so part of this is, yeah, to your point is, and I think in the study was, I really need to dig into the word and, and, mm-hmm. and, um, study this myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're hungry, right. Hunger for control. If you can replace that with Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. And so there is mm-hmm. something filling Whereas the hunger that comes from control right. to the, just have it my way, that hunger is, it's unsatisfying. Mm. It's, it's eating, not just eating empty calories, but it's, it's almost eating like a cloud. Sure. It looks like there's substance to it, but right. when you take it in, there's, you just got to keep getting more and more and more. Right. Well, you've got, uh, like we said, this one example of somebody who didn't know how the plan was going to go. And so she had to surrender um, in, in a way where it's like, I, I'll, I will just, I'm going to go along with it. Mm-hmm. You have another example of somebody who knows how it's going to go. Sure. Um, I guess my question before you share that one is, which way do you think is more challenging? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> a great question indeed. And I will have to, challenge you to come back next week to find out the answer to that question. What is more difficult, to know the trial that comes ahead and to surrender to it or to not know? We'll discuss that briefly, and then we'll discuss many other things as well. We still have another Bible example of someone. That's the one we're getting ready to start, a Bible example of somebody who knows the trial to come and yet will still surrender to the will of God. This is such a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed having it. I enjoyed listening to it when it was a sermon, 
And I hope that it's helpful to you, friend. Now, you can go to the website at www.pureandsimplebible.com, and there you can find different resources. For this one specifically, if you go to the podcast page, you can find the image that Brandon was talking about, about things that are outside of my control, things that are within my control. And I think that'd be a really helpful uh, resource for you to use. I'm planning on using it myself. And uh, so go check that out. And uh, you can check out all the other stuff that's there for you to use and utilize absolutely free to download. So check it out. And until next time, the second part of our conversation, that is, I want you to remember God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing. See you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, his